0: Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This week, I am interviewing Morgan Rublick. Now... This interview was several months ago. You'll kind of find that out in some of the, the answers she gives. She talks about being a junior and kind of the spring semester. Um, you know, Of course it is September now so she's in her senior year but Morgan is on the track and field team at Illinois State. This interview took place during the time that I was talking to a lot of college athletes. I've kind of dispersed those interviews throughout the last few months, you know, we've talked to soccer players, we've talked to swimmers, um, you know, I think the soccer players from Iowa, the swimmers from Stanford, and now this track and field person is from Illinois State. Uh track and field is is a diverse area. You'll you'll learn about that in our conversation. You know, track and field's everything from long distance running to shock put to jumps and hurdles and all this stuff. So it's a huge team. Over a hundred people are on Her team in Illinois State, she herself is somebody who uh, is a hammer thrower. We'll talk about what that means. The hammer is not, you know, obviously not the the one that you find in your cupboard. Different type of thing. Uh, But you throw that thing as far as you can and judged on distance. Um, Talk about how she got into that. You know, growing up, you know, there's not a... Kids are are doing ballet and soccer and t-ball, but there's not a lot of people that are throwing hammers and shock puts and and stuff like that. So, how did she get into that? We'll talk about that. Um we'll talk about her as kind of a social media influencer. She's kind of growing in that world. Got quite a bit big uh, a TikTok following, lot of a uh, lot of following on Instagram too. We'll talk about uh, what made her want to uh, to kind of grow that following and and the things she's doing there. Um we'll talk about just the pressures of being a college athlete. You know that's kind of a common theme in these these interviews because that is a lot of pressure. You know, professional athletes, of course, they are devoting all their time to their craft; it's their job. College athletes need to devote all their time to their craft, but also they need to devote all of their time to their their studies. And uh, how do you how do you manage that? How do you manage the pressure of doing both? How do you manage the pressure of just being in a sport where you're supposed to perform highly? Definitely in a sport like track and field, where it is an individual sport, so if something goes wrong, it's on you. It's it's not something that you can kind of lean on your your team with. So we'll talk about those pressures. Um, you know, Morgan is is amazing when it comes to dealing with those pressures because you know she's not uh, she's not in a, a fluff degree. She is uh, working towards a degree, um, a pre med. So definitely uh, busy and. Uh, and excelling in, in two different areas, so this is a fun one. I think you're going to enjoy this. Here is Morgan Rublick. I'm here today with Morgan Rublick. Miss Rublick, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Hardest question of the the whole evening. Introduce yourself.
1: My name is Morgan Rublick. I'm on the track and field team at Illinois State, and I throw a hammer and kind of shot put a little bit. And I'm studying biology with the minor in chemistry. So I love school. And that's basically who I am on paper.
0: I like it. I like it. Yeah, and the the loving school part that that's kind of my me too because I actually work in higher education now. I work as a you know an advisor. So that's what I always tell people that I I always I loved college. College was amazing. So I didn't want to ever leave it, and I and I haven't had to. So that's that that's cool. Uh, I want to ask you now. Um, you you know you talked about being on the track and field team. How'd you get your start in that? Because I don't feel like most young kids, you know, they're, they're doing soccer, they're doing gymnastics, that kind of stuff. You don't hear a lot of people, you know, doing track and field and definitely like shock put and hammer. So how'd you get your start?
1: Um, I did all the sports as a kid. You know, I was a really competitive cheerleader, um, gymnastics, a little bit of basketball in there, all of them, but In sixth grade, I was like, you know what? I want to do something different that my mom and dad aren't pushing me towards. So I tried out for the track team. And originally, I was really long jump. Like, long jump was my thing, even up until, I want to say, like, junior year of high school. Like, I really stuck with long jump, loved long jumping, a little bit of running here and there. And then I had a really big injury my sophomore year, going kind of my junior year. And so the coach was like, you know what? Why don't you try shot put? Like, it'll be a little bit easier on your – it was my Achilles. So, like, it's hard to long jump with bad Achilles. And so I went out for shot put, and I had a lot of success there. I mean, decent, decent enough to go D one. And then, you know, I got to college, they're like, you know, we'll give you this much money, and I was like, yeah, okay. Didn't really know what I'd be doing in college because I went from long jump to shot put, and then got here, and they're like, all right, you're gonna do all the throwing events, and I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) all right. And we're also gonna change your technique in shot put, so actually, everything you do in college is gonna be brand new to you. I was like, okay, awesome. And so, you know, freshman, sophomore year of college, I definitely worked through like all the four different events, which is discus, shot put, javelin and hammer, and also weight throw indoors. So weight and hammer are like the equivalent of each other, indoor and outdoor. And so I did those for er, freshman, sophomore year. And then finally coach was like, yeah, you know what? You're a hammer thrower. And I was like, awesome, <laughs> awesome. And now I just kind of stuck with that. And yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. When, you know, you said that you went from doing one thing in in high school to doing something quite different in college. So what was that like? Obviously you had the confidence in high school that you were, you were good enough to to go D one and be successful, but then they completely changed things up. I mean, I feel like that would be so interesting given you're in kind of a sport that has a lot of different disciplines to it. You know, I couldn't imagine a basketball player be like, actually you're going to be playing volleyball here. I just, it it seems kind of interesting so how did you manage that
1: you know it wasn't anything crazy for me because i went from like high school i i did a lot of things and i i won state for cheerleading my junior junior year and then my senior year i was like you know what i'm gonna go off for the basketball team and then i ended up starting in basketball not knowing how to play basketball how to dribble a ball but i you know i figured it out and um especially with the throws are really technical so as a freshman if it, it, it was kind of like a I want to say my ego was very humbled cuz I had to learn everything from scratch and I was not great at it by any means at first and just like the really technical aspect of it was really frustrating but eventually once it started to click I I you know you learn to love it and I definitely had to like re-love track re-learn how to love it again and I'm finally figuring that out.
0: Yeah, I I love that. What what stage are you at now? Are you what what year are you at in college? I'm a junior. Junior. Yeah. And I want to talk so because I don't ever assume that the listeners, you know, I have so many different people on. I don't assume that they know about all these different things. So later on, I want you to kind of explain some of these different events that we're talking about. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, you know, you, you talked about how you you did a lot of sports. Um, you said that you started in basketball after, you know, at, when you hadn't even known how to dribble a ball that you must be very athletically gifted to be able to do that but is this you i guess this is going to be uh my uh prime creeping but i always like to just before i talk to people see whether i can find interviews on youtube see whether i can find other podcasts all that kind of stuff is there a video of you doing a floor routine in in gymnastics maybe by your mom when you were a kid because i did find one with your name on
1: it um probably i mean there's probably a decent amount of stuff out there yeah Uh, I also trained a uh, summer with Olympic coaches for Olympic lifting so there might mm-hmm. be a little bit out there for that because I for a period of time was seriously um, gonna go pursue that route but mm-hmm. I stuck the track. So yeah there's, there's probably stuff out there definitely. Yeah, you,
0: you said Olympic lifting what what is what's that exactly?
1: So um it's uh, not it's an Olympic it's Olympic it's in the Olympics. Um, it's a clean and jerk and snatch. So, like, that's Olympic lifting, and then, the, like, the powerlifting side would be, would be bench, squat, deadlift. So, like, I uh, hang clean freshman year without really knowing how to do it in college. I hang clean 220, and the coaches, somehow the Olympic coaches got a glimpse of that, and they're, like, reaching out to me, and I'm like, all right, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I'm just thinking, you know, all of these sports, obviously, it takes, you know, different kinds of, of people and different kinds of, of strengths. Everything that you seem to be talking about, whether it's, you know, the – throwing different things, whether it's lifting, I assume that your, your talents are in like actual strength rather than finesse. Is that safe to say?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely a very uh, powerful athlete.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you now about, you know, you said that you go to, to Illinois state. What is the, what's the recruitment process look like for track and field? I've talked to people in Gymnastics and soccer and all in swimming and all these different things and everyone's just a little bit different and obviously every school's a little bit different but what's it look like to be recruited in this area? When does it start? You know, obviously with gym gymnasts they're being recruited at twelve years old sometimes. So what's it look like when when it comes to recruiting for for collegiate track and field athletes?
1: For track and field, I want to say like I definitely like in for me it started junior year. I think sophomore year you can get like a little bit of a hint like whether or not you're gonna like do it in college but junior year is when the numbers really matter and like the coaches will start reaching out to you and track isn't really like they don't the coaches don't have to go see you perform it's really like they see the numbers they see if you're consistent they see if you're not and it's all online so like the coaches really just reach out to you I had like a recruiting profile but I mean half the time I didn't even need that they would honestly just find your social media Instagram you get direct messages from Coaches through Instagram, stuff like that, or they'll find your phone number and text you, and it's really just a numbers game. If you have the numbers that coaches are looking for, they'll normally recruit you.
0: So you said, do, so most of the time they don't even come and 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 see you perform at all.
1: No, no, not really. Um, like like especially because I I'm from Illinois, and so I went to Illinois State. So my coach probably saw me perform at State because it was only like an, you know an hour drive from here, but. Besides that, the coaches don't really like need to see you like They'll see videos. You can send them like they're like, you know, like a recruiting film and they'll watch that and kind of get an idea.
0: That seems really interesting to me because c- to compare it, obviously swimming is an, is a numbers game too, down to, you know, the mm-hmm. hundredths of a, of a second with that. But, but I know that swimming coaches still like to see the swimmers because even if their numbers aren't where they need to be, sometimes you can see that, Hey, they have just doing this one thing wrong. There's this small part of their technique that I think we could get them a lot better. Is that not the case here? You said that they kind of changed your your technique. So it it really doesn't really, it, they don't look at this and think, oh, I think they could be better if they did this a little bit better.
1: You know, um, so like my coach here, he knew that I was playing other sports and he knew I was athletic. So I don't think he was really worried about the technique. He kind of like was like, all right, I'll kind of mold her however I want. And that's how um, a lot of the other coaches, like, they were kind of like, all right, I see your numbers. I see you're good at all these different things. And I think that I can really work with that. And I don't, they didn't care to really see, because they knew they were going to change it. And for shot put, especially most people in high school glide. And then once they get to college, they spin. And that's just kind of stereotypical because high schools, there's not a lot of throwing coaches. So it's kind of like, I think they're normally used to it.
0: I gotcha. I guess I want to, I want to ask you, this is hot, hot topic when it comes to, to collegiate athletes, and that's just handling the pressures of, of being a college athlete, being a student, all these type of things. How exactly have you, have you been able to manage that? And do you feel like track and field is a sport that, you know, is as in intense when it comes to, you know, the training and the offseason, all this kind of stuff. I have no idea. Uh but but talk about managing managing uh, all your expectations.
1: Yeah, well um so I'm actually pre-med. So like up until now I've been taking all like I'm in a lab ten hours a week, like crazy busy with school. And then track is also like we have every day's practice, and then we also have weights three times a week, and um you have to go in the training room and you have to keep track of your injuries and stay on top of that. And then when we travel, it's normally Thursday through Sunday. So you're gone, you miss school. And our season is also basically, I want to say we have a couple meets in December and then you get back from winter break and it's January through the end of May. So it's a really long season. You get two weeks off in that in that period of time. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say like that aspect of it is a little bit more difficult than some of the other sports that only like just spring. But because it's not a team sport, thankfully, like it's more flexible. So like, if you have to make class, you leave and you go to class. Whereas like, I feel like a lot of my softball friends, they're stuck at softball practice for four or five hours where like track doesn't really have that. Cause it's, you don't need the whole team there together to practice.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And that, that kind of brings up a, a good question. I mean, how do you manage that being, it can being completely just up to you and, and all the pressures really kind of is on you again with, with swimming, it all depends on that one athlete and the pressures there. If they didn't perform, then it's it's on them where with team sports obviously you can rely on other people and you know it's kind of a a team success and a team failure so what what's that added pressure just being completely a a solo event
1: you know it's great sometimes and it really sucks sometimes i'm not gonna lie like definitely like um when you're in the ring and you're in the ring alone there's nothing like coach isn't gonna help you and if you have a bad meet, it's not like anyone's really there to like Bring you up, or it's in like basketball. If I miss a basket, my team's right there, like helping you out. But for track, it's like you do bad, and no one else is really going to suffer the cons. No one else is going to suffer because you did bad. You just kind of got to deal with it and move on, and just take it all in yourself.
0: Yeah. So how how cohesive is is a track and field team? Everyone's doing completely different things. Like there's, you know, you are talking about being a strength athlete. There's events in track and field that isn't strength. So I feel like there's so many different personalities on a team like that. Do you feel really connected with your with your team or is it more just a very singular singular thing and you're doing the best you can and and yeah, if the other people do good, that's that's amazing, but you're not necessarily there, rah rah cheering the entire team on.
1: You know, I think um when it comes down to conference, everyone's all there all of a sudden everyone is you know, we're one team when it comes to conference, but all season really like the event groups are clicky. So like you have the distance runners that are like all good friends. You have like the throwers are normally all good friends. Um, You got the multis, the jumpers, like everyone kind of has their own niche. And I actually am one of the only few people on the team that really has like friends in each group. Like I really do try and be like hang out with everyone. But overall, like the team is pretty clicky. Yeah, I that's the you. best way to put it.
0: I, I got you. I got you. And I want, you know, we, uh, this is the part that once you kind of e- explain some of these events, you know, I don't, ex- there's so many different things. So I don't expect you to explain all of track and field, but definitely your events talk about exactly what that is. And I realize it's a little bit hard given that this isn't a, you know, a, a video podcast, but in words, kind of explain the the events that you do.
1: Okay. So I'm a hammer thrower. So this is an event that really isn't in, not many states allow it in high school so this is something that you normally figure out how to do in college or summer track or club track but it's not really like illinois for high school doesn't have it at all and um so it's you take a ball on a string it's a 8.8 pound ball on a string and you spin it in circles and then you just turn really fast and chuck it and it Mm -hmm. should go far (laughs) so that's what hammering and then weight indoor is a twenty pound ball on a short string, and that's it's like really heavy. So you're gonna do the same turns and then chuck it. And that's the best. That's the best I can explain it by words. And then javelin is a little more like self explanatory. Javelin's the sp- kind of the I want to say spear. Is that what the word is? Uh, dart spear. Yeah, spear. Yeah, you take it. It's a long, long thing. You chuck it and it sticks in the ground. And then shot put is just a ball. And most people spin and chuck it, I'm back to the glide, I basically just hop back and put it. And then discus is like the Frisbee.
0: Yeah. So is, is, I guess, is it judged on exactly the exact distance it goes? Or is, I mean, I feel like that's easy enough. Is that is that what it is?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um especially like for all the events, wherever the ball lands or the discus lands, wherever it lands, that's where you measure it from, and that's who wins. You can't scratch, like there's there's a there's a ton of rules kind of in it. You you know, you can't go over the line, just stuff like that. So you just throw it wherever it lands, they measure it, and that's how you win. You get three throws normally in prelims, and then um and it's crazy to me because I, I like a lot of people don't actually know this. Like some of my fellow like people on my team don't even realize, but you get three throws in prelims. And then top nine go to finals, so you'll get another three throws in finals.
0: Gotcha. And you said you can't, you can't scratch. So wherever it lands, I mean, I, I, if you're not throwing it correctly, what if it lands in the stands?
1: Um, if it lands in the stands, it doesn't count. It has to stay like within lines.
0: So there is there is a way if you're bad enough to to scratch or be disqualified.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want you don't need to explain the other ones, but talk about other. Other events that are in track and field.
1: Um, so there's jumps. We have long jump, triple jump, high jump. Um, there's distance, which is going to be anything basically from like an eight hundred to I think five k, ten thousand okay. Um, and then there's multis, which multis the girls do seven events outdoors, and the guys do ten events outdoors, and those are crazy. It's based on a point system. And then you also got the sprinters, which is 100, 200, 400, um, then the throwers and I don't know if I'm, and hurdles, but hurdles kind of go with the sprinters. So I don't think about them differently, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: So does every sport kind of have their own individual, like assistant coach? I just can't imagine, you know, one head coach being able to do all these different things that well and, is every track and field team, you know, different is one area where most of the time the head coach is coming from. Cause it's maybe the biggest event. I, it just seems weird for one person to know that much about all these different things.
1: No, definitely. So, um, there's actually, we have quite a few coaches, our head coach is a distance coach, but he doesn't, I don't even know that he does that much coaching. Cause he has so much responsibilities. Um, but then we have, so we have an assistant distance coach. We have my coach, which is the throws coach. We have a jumps coach. A multis coach and a sprints coach, mm-hmm. so it's a pretty big staff. But there's also like a hundred. Oh, I want to say we have around a hundred kids on the team, so it's a it's a pretty big team.
0: Yeah, that's huge for sure. So you said that you're from Illinois. Why Illinois State? Is it simply because you wanted to stay close from home? That people, that's who reached out to you, or what made you pick? Uh, I think it's the Redbirds, right?
1: Yes, the Redbirds. Yeah. Um, honestly, I had no intention of going here. I got recruited by a lot of cool schools like University of Virginia, um, uh, one in the MAC conference, uh, Bowling Green, Grand Valley. I like, you know, just like a couple like all like geographically diverse from where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And my dad said I get a car if I went to I. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but um, I love the atmosphere here. It's a great atmosphere and it's very homey. And my roommates. Are from Canada and Florida. So, not Mm. everyone here is even from Illinois, which it's just a very at home feeling. The track team is very competitive and it's a good level of competition where they expect you to compete like you're in a Big Ten and they expect you to compete like we're, you know, one of the top schools, but our conference is very doable to win. Like, we're very successful at our D1 level, if that Mm. makes sense.
0: Yeah I'm I'm looking around you are you I I don't assume you're at a dorm now. You said you have roommates. Do you do you guys rent a place or what? Doesn't look like a dorm room. Oh, no, it must a no, really no. nice one.
1: No no no, I'm in a town home actually. Mm-hmm. So my I've been out of the dorm since second semester freshman year. I've lived in a town home and my little community actually um we live next to swimmers and mm-hmm. then um there's probably like five football houses of all our football buddies that live here. Um I have track teammates that live in the complex right across from us and it's just like a huge community of basically athletes and, oh, we have people, cool. and it's nice and spacious three level two levels some three but yeah
0: no that's that's awesome for sure so i want to i want to ask you now kind of about what a season looks like you know we, we talked about how you, i think you said it starts in like december and goes all the way to may first mm-hmm. question i have there that i forgot to ask when you mentioned that was you know, I'm in Indiana, I'm not too far from you, and I we have about the same weather, and you said this is outdoor events, outdoor events in January doesn't sound too fun, so you're outside in January doing this stuff?
1: No, we're not outside in January, so um, we have two meets before winter break, which winter breaks you know Christmas through first week of January, and so those are all indoors, so we're in, indoors, which is slightly different events actually, but we're indoors till end of February, and then we go outdoor beginning of march through the end of may and so yeah indoor is just like most tracks haven't or most uh places have indoor tracks unless you're from the south which they don't even have indoor seasons most of the time i don't think but that's where like i do weight because it doesn't go as far whereas the hammer goes i want to 50 to 60 meters the weight goes maybe 20 that's a little different
0: so is it two totally different like seasons then because
1: we have two different conference championships we have an indoor championship and an outdoor championship
0: yeah i i figured as much because the the university i i work for they've won like the national championship for indoor track and field a bunch of times but i don't hear much about outdoors so i assumed that it was different so talk about the the common injuries again so many different sports in track and field probably tough but your your exact common injuries what are what are things that happen a lot
1: for throwers, I want to say there's a lot of shoulder issues. If you're a jab thrower, you're gonna hurt your elbow. I personally have found that the throws throwing honestly is probably the least mm-hmm. I get least injured. I've been um I get you get lower back pain and lap pain from throwing hammer because it's a lot of it's just like weird positions. I guess you get more like overuse from putting your body in like positions that like it naturally shouldn't be in. Um, the weirdest thing I had to go through was indoor. I was out. I tore a muscle connecting to my collarbone Mm. and so it affected like everything to do with my collarbone and it moved out of place and all the muscles around there got kind of screwed up and I still can't really lift and still throw well. So I've just, it's been like a managing it kind of injury, Mm. but it took me out of indoor completely.
0: Mm. Yeah. That, that doesn't sound fun at all. It sounds kind of painful.
1: No, it wasn't fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So a weird throwing injury though
0: but that's get. Yeah. You- I gotcha. I gotcha. I want you, I, I guess I want to kind of move on to post track and field. You talked about how you're, you're pre-med. So I guess this is a, a good interview question. If I was interviewing you for a, a job type question, but what do you think, you know, this time as a, as an athlete, cause it sounds like you want to move into something outside of athletics at, at some point. What do you think that, you know, the skills that it's taught you, how are you going to translate that to, uh, to medicine?
1: You know, uh, that's, a, that's the a one that I've been having to think a lot about, but um, time management for sure. And I think work ethic because you have to show up every day, whether or not you want to or not. And time management, you get a certain amount of times to do your homework and you got to get it done or else you're not going to be able to compete. And if you're not getting the grades, you're not going to get to travel. And so that's definitely been a big part. I'd say a teamwork because I do, you know, you do have to still like associate with people and like be for the good of the team. And I, the biggest one, ah the biggest one I'd have to say is probably like leadership. I don't think you need to be team captain on the team in order to like gain a lot of like leadership roles. Cause even on campus, people look up to you as a student athlete, because you know, you're wearing the backpack, you're wearing the clothes and you, they're, they're, they're paying for your school and this like leadership, it's,
0: A big component of the sport as well yeah no i i agree i actually spoke with someone who was pre-med she may be in med school now it's a little while ago but she was a oh goodness what did what did she do water polo she was a two-time olympic gold medalist water polo star (laughs) and she uh, has pre-med as well the thing that she mentioned which is something i hadn't thought about you can add this to your list if someone asks you that you know again is that I guess that perseverance, it, it it's truly, there's very few people that have to focus on one thing their entire career. You've been doing it since, what do you say, sixth grade and working day in and day out to continue to get better. If people, when they come to their career, if they spend even half the amount of effort that they spent throughout their childhood trying meticulously to get better and better at something, then, you know, you're going to be a, you know, a rock star
1: doctor, right? Yeah. And actually, um, that's kind of like going along with the word grit. That's the best Mm -hmm. word I like to use when I I explain college athletics is it teaches you grit.
0: For sure. For sure. Do you know, uh, obviously, it can change uh, a lot of times, but do you know what kind of doctor you want to be?
1: You know, I, uh, not yet, but I definitely love like sports ortho and like that route. And I think I'm going to be shadowing the football physician over the summer, which will be kind
0: of fun to do yeah and once you're you're done with your your collegiate time do you think you're going to just going to put sports behind you and be like been there done that got the t-shirt and and over it do you think you're going to you know work in any youth development do you think you're still going to be involved at any at any stage obviously if you do sports medicine that keeps you kind of involved but there's always two two paths people that are like I just want to never look back at this or people that kind of stay involved
1: You know, actually, at the moment, I'm considering highly, like, pursuing other athletic um, opportunities. Um, CrossFit is something that a lot of, I've had a lot of CrossFit coaches come up to me and uh, ask me if I'd want to be interested in, you know, going for the games one year or, because I um, am, I work out, like, in my off seasons, I do a lot of sprinting and, like, overall just conditioning, and CrossFit's always been something I've been really interested in, so I'm, or even Olympic lifting, I kind of put that thought to the side for a while. But for a while, they really wanted me to quit medicine and train fully for Olympic lifting. And those are both still kind of on the table for me, obviously, how it all has to do with if I get into medical school, if I decide that maybe that's not the route I want to take anymore, it's just all kind of up in the air. But definitely, no matter what I do, I'll still be involved in athletics somehow.
0: Yeah, and the good thing, you know, I feel like you, if you wanted to, you could do both. I, I think there's a, obviously a shorter window when it comes to you know, being at the Olympic level at something, but I don't think you know putting off medical school is, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't give up that, but I feel like putting that off, if that's something that that's always going to be there, maybe the, the Olympic part's not. So, something to think yeah. about, too. Yeah. What, uh, I guess w- we already talked about what, what you hope the, the future holds. Um, how can people? how can people stay connected with you? I've, I've followed you on Instagram myself. I don't know whether you, I mean, you have quite a few followers. Are you at all in the, uh, what the quote unquote influencer area, or are you just simply have, have some followers that want to, want to see what you're up to?
1: You know, I'm active on TikTok, and, uh, I've gotten my followers up a little bit there. Um, me and some of the other track girls, we do, I have around 60,000 followers there, and over the summer, I definitely hope to become more over almost like a fitness influencer during the season that can be re- um, just posting on there gets really distracting and like kind of affects how I perform. Just like knowing people at the competitions or seeing me on social media freaks me out sometimes. So yeah. I've definitely like taken a step back from TikTok right now. But that's something over the summer that I'm going to try and get back on and really get my following up there.
0: I like it. So how can people follow along if they want to?
1: Um, I believe my ha- my uh, TikTok is Mo Ruby, just yeah. M O W R U B Y.
0: I gotcha, yeah. and we'll put that in the the show notes too. But I appreciate you. I really, really, uh, like I said, there's there's so much different things in track and field. Um, mm-hmm. so I mean, I feel like I could talk to another track and field person, and it's a totally different thing because they're doing totally different things. So it's been interesting, kind of learning about your uh your your niche in it.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So that's Morgan Rublick. Great conversation. Really appreciate her time. She's got so much going between her academics, between her athletics, and then also the the social media influencing side of things. So urge you to follow along with her, whether we're following along with Illinois State and seeing how her season goes this upcoming spring and I guess a little bit of December, whether we're seeing just what she she does in the, the social media world or what what we see what she does you know in the the academic world and potentially uh, becoming a doctor she's got a lot uh, lot going on and uh, I I urge you to follow along all of the links to follow her will be in the show notes if this is your first time listening or you haven't already go leave a five star review on Apple and on Spotify leave a written review on Apple even more amazing follow on on Instagram not in a podcast dot uh, Not in a huff, Jackson Huff. On as the Facebook page, lots of places there. Give us a follow, give us a subscribe. Depending on what uh, podcast platform you add, uh, have that uh, that helps out a lot. But uh, if you do nothing else, catch us next week. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time, where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think. Or, hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.